Microphone check. Does my mic sound nice? Uh. Yes, it does. Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Them Time, where we change the narrative by changing the perspective. I'm Jared Dam, and it's about damn time to have another conversation that changes the way you think and perceive things. The only question is, are you ready? Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time. I am Jared Dam back in the building once again. And if you are new here or if you've been here for a while, just know that It's About Damn Time is a self-improvement podcast. We are here to build better means, build better use. We, we're building up ourselves through conversation and and we, we want to talk about education and motivation through conversation. That's, that's how we do it here. So I am very excited about the guests that I have today. Matter of fact, let me, let me stretch first and get get into my, my intro. <clears throat> this is great. I am here with Christy Renee. Christy Renee is a speaker, author, and brand storyteller. She's very passionate about helping creators grow. And in, in her brand bootcamp series, she teaches, she teaches to simplify content strategies and build brand trust and create courage within. I'm very excited to have you because I kind of networked through Instagram in order to kind of find each other. So uh, shout out to my friend, Jessica Wise, Audacity Magazine. You know, I, I know she got the uh, the uh, anniversary coming up, so I'm very excited for fourth anniversary. So I think you were you were doing a, a IG live with with her, Christine, and, and I kind of just you popped in. Yeah. And she was like, hey. We did the Instagram live, and then the following Saturday, we did a brand bootcamp workshop together. So that was a great event. She brought the mimosas, she brought the energy, she brought some butts in the seats, and uh, we had a great time. So looking forward to doing that more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, I know she always brings the energy, so um, I'm really excited that I was able to connect with you. I was. It was funny. Uh, the, the as you were reaching out to 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 say, hey, you know, I I, I see a lot of good content from your podcast. I'm scrolling through your pages, <laughs> looking at all this stuff. Like, oh wow, what is what is this? What is this? And what struck me, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about here for this conversation. You cultivated confidence through cognitive engineering, and I was like completely floored because one. I'm always looking for ways to 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 cultivate confidence because believe it or not, even though I podcast, I've been podcasting for three years, pretty much introvert and kind of stays to myself. So I'm always looking for the confidence bar, but the cognitive engineering, I'm like, what in the blue hell is that? So yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Well, I'm really well, I'm really glad that you say that, first of all, because I think that that's such an important myth to bust, is that I feel like people tend to think, and you know, I'm I still get nervous and, you know, I can be in front of tons of people and it's still all the nerves. It's still the resistance of like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. You know, stay home, bail, bail, abort. I still have all of those nerves, even though I love it. And I think that there's a big misconception. People tend to think that courage and confidence are like inherent personality traits, whereas they're, they're actionable skills. 
So, you know, I would say that anybody listening out there that feels like they want more confidence or if they ever have the mindset of like, oh, I could never or I couldn't appear on a podcast. I couldn't be in front of people like, yes, you can. Um, and I'm here to to be a testament to that. And the second part of your question, cognitive engineering, that is a somewhat made up phrase, but isn't everything right. I discovered flow state research. Um, if you're how familiar are you with flow state, if at all? I am not familiar with flow state research. Ooh, this is juicy. Okay, so <laughs> Stephen Kotler is a leading pioneer. He's been working on flow state research for maybe a decade or two at this point, but um, the term was first coined back in 1880, I think that it was. So it's not a new idea. It goes by many different names. Uh, you may have re- you may have heard artists referred to as connecting with their muse or athletes as being in the zone. Right. That's flow state. So flow state is a high performance genius state, they call it, where, you know, in the past, there's been this idea that in order to be more intelligent or more productive, we need to use more of our brains. But with this new field and so flow flow research, there's a lot of different names for it. I mean, we'll get to exactly where cognitive engineering comes in in a minute. But with this research, they've found that that using more of your brain was actually incorrect. It was a myth. That's not how it works. And to be more productive, when you enter in flow state, parts of your brain shut down. So I'm sure you're aware, I think everybody listening probably has that same inner critic, that defeatist voice, that I can't, that person inside of us who just doesn't want us to succeed. When you enter flow state, that part shuts off. It's the prefrontal cortex, and it actually has been shown. He There's a book, Stealing Fire, if you want to link it or nerd out um, later. It's the one that I really started getting into this. This was March of 2020 when I started discovering all of this. So like the world was shutting down. I had all of this time to learn. I was getting really deep into learning about behavioral neuroscience. I've studied a bit with Mind Valley in the past, if you're familiar with them. Right. And um, yeah, so using his book as inspiration and all of his research, what I actually, and then also through a decade or more of deep experiential study myself, I learned that we can use our everyday environments to stimulate key neurotransmitters. And, I, and I'm saying a lot. I'm going to break here in a second, so we can ask questions. No, no, you're, you're, you're good. You're good. I, I, I'm, I'm like, like nerding out right now. You said that this was, I'm no, like, no, I'm nerding so out. Like I'm just like, <laughs> are you okay? Guys? I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love to talk about it because it's so powerful. We have the power to stimulate a neurochemistry that is primed for bold brain of action. Like, how cool is that? That is very cool. And all it takes is our everyday environment. Like, we can do these things, you know, just just with what we have at home. It's just, I could keep going and going, but no, <laughs> what are your questions? No, 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 it's, it's, great. it's great because one of the things I wanted, to, I wanted to ask was how did you get into it? So in, it's fitting that you got into it right around the pandemic when the world is, you know, going crazy and we're all locked in the house. A lot of people had just had to cope and do a lot of different things. And I, and I, and I love the fact took something that you were just interested in and just blew it up from there. So that, it, it makes a lot of sense Well, and I will say too, I've been practicing, you know, I think really it all came together for me um, around the time of the pandemic. That's when I had time to do more research and deep dive. And really it was just everything coming together at once. But courage is something that I've been speaking on for a while. And I was able to kind of pair like, okay, this is what I've lived. I had, I don't know, you know, for everybody listening, I had spent most of my 20s with some chronic health issues. Um, pretty much, you name it, I was suffering from it. Gluten, dairy intolerances, other food intolerances. 
my hair was falling out. Eventually, I ended up having to get a breast lump removed. I didn't have insurance. It was just like one thing after another after another. And for me, that's that's really where the story starts because I was faced with I can be paralyzed in fear or I can dive headfirst into self-healing. So a lot of the research that I came across at the time, you know, around gluten, I mean, I was just going rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. And in subsequent years, I've seen a bunch of studies come out and I'm like, I know that, I know that, I know that, I lived that, you know? And when the pandemic hit and I started getting deep into flow state with Stephen Kotler, that's when I realized, hey, what I've lived plus what, you know, has been done, this comes together to form something really powerful. And so for a while, I was kind of funny about the term cognitive engineering because I was like, I made that up. Can that be a thing? But I was like, absolutely it can because what you're doing is you're engineering your cognitive state, your brain, through your everyday environment. We It's, it's dopamine, it's uh, oxytocin, and it's serotonin as, as like the big major players. Yeah, I I think that's what, where I gravitated towards your story and everything because I, I'm, again, I was looking at your site and I saw that list of afflictions that you that you had a few years back and i was like holy shit like this is a lot of stuff that you that you went like everything like, right yeah, like everything and i and allergies I, I, to cats allergies to cats <laughs> like how is that relevant i could tell you but you know we'll get but, there but no i no i love it i mean cuz in and, and i i start one of the things that i had on my list i was looking through some of the things that I, that i currently have i'm like okay i I, I have seasonal allergies. I have this. So, you know, I suffer through the, you know, depression and anxiety and all this. So I start going through all of these things. So it's like, oh, I I need to talk to Christy. <laughs> like, like, and because and I think what what also just drew me in because it was it was like you no longer had to deal with any of that stuff and you and you, you did it without a medical professional. Like this is this is something that you just dove into and and, and started doing. So how is how how did you have all of these things and you and you got to eliminate them by by starting with a made up term that you that you that you came up with? Well, the made up term came many years later, maybe about five or six years later, but it started with healing my gut. And so that is the most important thing. And as you just said, like you suffer anxiety, depression, people who feel that they can't be confident and I I hate it, but it is it is a product of our modern environment. And so the things that I suffer from are just a metaphor for what most of society is function or suffering from. And there are, you know, ways everybody's different, but I when we talk about cultivating courage, there's always, you know, a sort of framework that I invite you to follow for yourself to uncover what's right for you. And that always starts with building a better gut microbiome. So I'm not sure if you're familiar, but more and more commonly now people know that the, that the gut is being referred to as like the second brain and 95% of our serotonin is produced there. So if we're having gut issues, we're not producing serotonin and our world is just like, I used to call it like the gray time. And I remember like the moment that I healed, I'll remember for the rest of my life, I, I like my, my gut started to heal. I was doing probiotics and other, you know, alternative sorts of therapy. And I just remember like looking out one day and I was like, has it always been this colorful? Has there always been this much color in the world? It was like, you know, going from like black and white TV to technicolor, their world was just bright again. And so everything kind of came from that. And I don't, you know, allergies are related to that immune disorders, auto immune disorders, they really can be healed or at least prevented with a healthy gut. 
So a lot of people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, what is Christy talking about? How I, 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 I have depression and anxiety. Life seems so colorless right now. How How is my gut affecting me? But you're not pulling this out of your ass. Research does show this. I And, I, and it, it's, the funny thing is I have been uh, researching this for probably about the last month. And I've just kind of gotten into the fact that I'm like, okay, I have an unhealthy gut. And does it mean that you got a a, a beer belly or <laughs> it doesn't mean exactly. anything like that? But it's every, but that second brain thing, like is, is what you talked about, like that, it makes so much sense because if you're producing that much serotonin, which that regulates that, the, the mood. It's it, a it mood stabilizer. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, think about like connection to your gut instinct, right? Like it's right, right there, right? you know, and when we follow our gut instinct, when we have that connection to deep inner knowing, then we have a lot more confidence because we know from the inside out that what we're doing is what we should be doing. Yes. So yeah, when, when you say, you know, healthy, it, it doesn't mean that you're walking around with like a beer belly or anything like that. I also have a lot of people kind of shocked when I say like, I, I take them through um, you know, we do a lot of food journals and now there's so many, there's so many resources available for people. If you want to go really deep and do food testing and find all of that out, that wasn't available when I was going through mine. So that's not something that I did, but just by taking, like taking assessment of what I ate, you know, or how I felt maybe 30 minutes before I ate, 15 minutes after I ate the day after I ate, like just really journaling all my food. And I have some resources for that too. Um, maybe we can link or, or share or whatever if anybody's curious in doing that. That's always the first place that I recommend to start because even if you're saying that you eat healthy, that doesn't mean that you're that you're eating things that you can digest. Or for instance, I like to use the metaphor. So imagine our microbiome is made up of and too deep in it. Our gut no, microbiome. No, no. I'm like, how hard am I nerding out right now? This Look, is like this- I love talking. This Christy, stuff. this is the spot for you. You you have found a home here. Go go Ooh. for it. <laughs> Ooh, all right. So y'all, we have a gut microbiome, and it's made up of the good guys, and it's made up of the bad guys. And what's happened to most of us j- due to modern living, and in the 1980s, agricultural processes really changed in order to be more profitable. Mm-hmm. So everything since the 1980s, like, has been disrupting that microbiome. And I like to say food isn't food anymore. So you have the good guys, you have the bad guys, and then you have chemicals, you have preservatives, you have, you know, additives. And I say with the preservatives, and there's this chemical component called glyphosate that is used on the wheat when it's in the field. And glyphosate is actually the same chemical component as Roundup. They started spraying it on the on the wheat in a process called desiccation so that they could have a bigger harvest. And that's why, has anybody ever wondered, like, why gluten intolerance is such a thing now? Like, why did it not used to be a thing? We've been eating wheat for generations and generations and hundreds of generations. Why is it a thing now? Because food's not food anymore, and it's not just the wheat. So we're digesting this chemical at a cellular level, then it's wiping out the good guys. So I like to, to go back to the metaphor. It's like... We have a hostage situation with good guys in a bank and bank robbers in a bank. And they're like, well, in order to get rid of the bad guys, we're just going to throw a bomb on there and like, we're done. Well, what happens? You've killed all the good guys as well as the bad guys. So preservatives prevent mold and glyphosate, you know, helps the pests, 
you know, stay away. Right. But what you're doing is you're killing out the good guys as well. And so even if we're eating healthy, you know, we have digestive enzymes that help us break down our food and that process starts to get affected as well. So really the very first thing is always like, look at your food quality, look at what else is being in there. Um, I do have health insurance now, but for many years, my health insurance was how I ate and I ate very clean, very organic. I traveled, I was in Europe, you know, luckily they have amazing food quality. So really that's how I was able to restore my gut health and restore, you know, my health in, in general and get over that laundry list of, of ailments that I had in my twenties was because I, I healed my gut and everything else just, you know, came up from there. Okay, so you, you have successfully got me frightened to eat anything at this point now, but <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, you know, our, our neck of the woods isn't the best in terms of food quality. It's, right. it's a challenge. Right. Um, but you know, there are still, you know, things that we can do and probiotics and prebiotics are usually a great place to start. You know, there's a ton of resources out there now. So you know, it's not bleak. It's not bleak. Knowledge right. is power. Knowledge is power, and, and it and it and it will help you. So, okay, going going shifting from mm-hmm. that. So we we because I can I could probably spend the entire hour talking about that. Wow, you and me both. Yeah. So, so shifting from that. So that was the that was the basically the start of you cultivating your confidence. So between between you you knowing that you had these issues, you start working on that, and then and then twenty twenty hit. Now you now you started to kind of get into cognitive engineering. Tell me how how you how you went from there to 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 start to build that confidence because I have to do research on my guests and I was I was doing my research. I seen a lot of your videos. You you starting out as nervous, like like you know like like kind of like what we talked about. Like oh I'm I'm not a public speaker. I had to make myself get on camera. I had to you know to, to do these things. So now you're going and speaking in front of, you know, dozens of people on stage and stuff now. So how did you get there? My first question is how did you like what videos? Cause you definitely did your research. And I would say that a lot of the, so, okay. So right around the time of 2020, when I discovered all of this, I was really close. I had already had a great, let me back up. So the way that I got to speaking on stage, I feel like that's your main question. Mm-hmm. Is that your question? Yeah. It was in the biggest act of courage that is really what cemented my foundational belief in courage, why it's so powerful, why courage opens doors, why engage with courage at all, why do the things that make us uncomfortable and scare us, like it it doesn't feel good, why do it, right? So I was in Tallinn, Estonia, and if anybody's ever listened, if anybody's listening has ever heard of Mind Valley University, it's the Mutbong Personal Development Conference. And I was with my high school boyfriend for many years. We were together for 14 years. We were at this personal development conference together. And one of the first nights there, we decided like, look, it's been great. It's time for us to go our separate ways. And it was it was hard, but also like a really big knowing. And so the next, you know, it was it was all very friendly. It was great. It was sad. You know, we we're like the sun set on our childhood. It was really lovely and great. But the next day I woke up and I was like, I got to get out of this Airbnb. It was a tiny little shared Airbnb. We actually had our two dogs that had come from Florida to Barcelona where we were living to Tallinn, Estonia (laughs) with our dogs. And I was like, I have to get out of here. 
So I scoured the the schedule for the first workshop that looked good. Oh, one's in the park. I can bring the dogs. We can get out of here. Cool. I don't even care what it is. So I get there and it's a storytelling workshop and I'm painfully, painfully shy still at this point in my life. I would never appear in a podcast. I would never raise my hand and say, my name's Christy and the answer is blah, blah, blah. Like I couldn't do any of that. So we get paired into groups of two and, you know, there, there's there's a camera in my face, but we're outside and I'm like, just totally like ignore it. Nobody's ever going to see it. I'm not being asked to talk to a group. It's just one person. We're supposed to tell a story. So, okay. You know, the last 14 years of my life were this way. Now they're different. And the end, basically, right? I just want the story to be over. For some reason, when we were asked for volunteers, my partner is like, she, her, her, her. It's like, no, no. Who is this guy? No, 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 no. Thank you. Not for me. I could never do that. So I think that like my insistent like no no and him being like yes yes stirred curiosity in the host and he elected me voluntary storyteller number three. So I take my up all night mismatched laundry day self up on this little makeshift stage that is a park bench and I open my mouth and I start talking. My heart's pounding so hard I'm like how are they even going to hear me? Then my worst fear happens. They start laughing. And I'm like, oh, my God, everybody's laughing at me. This is my worst fear. I knew it. I'm like, just breathe. Just go. I can, like, feel the adrenaline, like, just remembering now. I'm like, just keep talking. And I plow on. Soon, they get. Like, what? I look out into 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 the field, and the air is unlike any I had ever felt before. I feel like a painter who has found her canvas. My words are guiding their emotions. They laugh, they gasp, a few even start to cry. Wow. I finish, you know, the story and <laughs> jump down and try and run away from the spotlight because I did not want it. They all pull me into like this huge, you know, Mind Valley's touchy feeling. They pull me into this group hug and the tears are pouring down my face, their face, praise is coming from everywhere. And I think this was the, on the other side of opening my mouth. This was the thing that I had always, always feared. So that day started a trajectory of courage for me. And, you know, I still had a month of this transformational personal development conference to be at. And, you know, they're big on cacao ceremonies there. And we're doing this thing. And they're like, you know, imagine the craziest thing that you can think of one year from today. And I don't even really remember actively thinking this. It was just a vision that came in my mind of me on that Mind Valley stage. So I was like, okay, what the hell? Sure, let's manifest this. It'll never happen. And, you know, a really long, beautiful story of surrender and a lot of things later. It took me about 50 weeks before, so 52 weeks in a year. It was two weeks before the following year's event. And I had accepted that I'd be a nobody. Why did I think that I could even be on stage? I didn't have this, that, or the other. And after I was like, you know what, Christy, I'd had the courage to talk to myself a different way. And I was like, you know what? Good for you for applying before you were ready. You're going to apply every year until they take you. And then like 12 hours later, I opened my email and I had an uh, invite to be on their main stage. Wow. Wow. And it was terrifying and exhilarating and the best day of my life because I did have that that fear. And then the best part was I was like, okay, what am I going to 
I think at that point, I didn't even totally know what I was going to talk about. Like it was loose and, you know, I would pitched right. them and they, they had picked the thing. But then I was like, crap, now I have to like actually put it together. Right. And I'm, you know, on this bus ride talking to somebody who's become a very near and dear friend. We're just talking about things. He's like, well, what do you know? What have you done? Like as much as I see you, like you're so courageous. You know, you've done this, you've done this. You're scared as hell and you still do it. So what about that? And then that really became you know, kind of the missing link from everything else that I had talked about and wanted to pitch. And it was, it was there together. And then two days before that, I had the invitation to go cliff jumping. And I am terrified of heights. I am terrified of heights. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I just said I was going to give a speech on courage. And I'm being asked to exercise courage. I was so ticked off. I was like, I have to do this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life, but I wanted it, right? Like my whole life I've seen, you know, adventurous pictures of these carefree, you know, free spirits jumping into this beautiful water from a cliff. And I was like, wow, I could never do that. You know, that feeling that you get. And so I was tasked with doing it and let me tell you on the other side of that you i felt totally unstoppable that inner critic everything else like there was nothing nothing in my way i was like i just faced my biggest fear in the world i can do anything and that's why i believe in courage so much it opens up doors it gives us you know it it's courage that inspires confidence you know so if we do the things that scare us that makes us believe in ourselves an awful lot. And that's where, you know, cultivating confidence comes from by, you know, align your body for bravery, do the the nerdy things that we were talking about before. And there's some more that we'll get into, you know, be brave even when you don't feel like it and you, you will have inherent confidence. That's where it comes from. That makes so much sense. Well, um, a couple things. One, your courage on public speaking and that story does not match my stories when I come to public speaking. So I just like, because <laughs> if I see so your, your story, you have, you know, you get love, you're on this, you know, this makeshift um, stage, you're doing this, people are embracing you afterwards. They're crying. You're crying. It's exciting. <laughs> Me, my was like going to church and giving the Easter speech and the, and the microphone was just shaking. <laughs> yeah. I definitely still feel like I shake. Even I did one a few, a few months ago and I felt like, I was still shaking, but I think the, you know, the moral in that story, and we all have our different things that, you know, we have resistance to, but I unlocked the hidden talent. I unlocked my passion there. And I was too afraid of my own voice for this, you know, that and the other. I had been playing small. I didn't believe in myself. I was scared of my own voice and, you know, facing that fear really unlocked something. It unlocked my potential. I'd always wanted to, you know, be one of those people who knew what they wanted to do and, yeah. And it was on the other side of that. So with the people that I work with, you know, I always say if you have like a feeling in your heart for more, but you don't know where to start, I guarantee you, you have a curiosity in there and you just don't know the whole plan. So you're sitting on the shore and you're not doing it. You're, you might know step one, but what about steps two, three, four, five? If you can't see those, then I like to say, imagine you're standing on a foggy shore just because you can't see them doesn't mean that they're not there. And as soon as you take the first step, step two becomes clear and you just incrementally go on. So really, you know, courage is, is it's a powerful, it's a powerful energy for sure. I, I love the, the, the statement of that the courage, 
you know, helps create that big um, confidence because just, just that, and just what you're saying, just the ability to just go out there and do something that freaking terrifies you to, to go out and do it. Use that as a stepping stone. Use that as a lily pad, uh, a launch pad, if you will, to to move on to, to to bigger and brighter things. You got on that stage, even though you were reluctant. You got on that stage, made that, and a year later, you're on a main stage doing things that you never thought. If someone had talked to you six, you know, six months prior to you get on that stage. Absolutely not. It's no way. No way. Not me. Not me. You got the wrong check. No and, way. And, and and I and that's the, the kind of thing that, that happened happened with me is just getting into podcasting. It's, it's the same way. Like I wanted to do it. I was nervous about doing it. It's like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I like my voice. I don't know. I I, I don't have this this newscaster like smooth tone. I don't know what what I'm doing. But it's getting out there and doing it. So. It's, it's, it's interesting because I know so many people that that want confidence but do, do, does not want to do the things that wouldn't push them forward to do something that, that may be courageous, something that will kind of launch them into a direction. And, and a lot of it may be, like, like you said, the fact that you know step one, but you don't know three, four, or five, and because you don't know how, you, how that journey is going to end, you don't, you refuse to make step one. How do you push people, or or motivate people to to at least take that step? Like like how how does that work? So perfect question. I think that that's exactly the place that cognitive engineering comes in is when we do need that extra push. And so let's nerd out again. Let's talk about another neurotransmitter. This time we're talking about dopamine. So dopamine, I think has I, I think that it's very misunderstood right now. Yes, it's a feel feel good chemical. But it is also like it's the rush, right? It's not. So if you have serotonin, which tends to be like a baseline, like mood stabilizer, it's just easier to be content and happy when you have serotonin. Dopamine is that feeling you get when, you know, somebody may be into you. And do you have a message from them on your phone or, ooh, did they like your post? It's like this rush and it's very, very addictive. And so. You know, I don't know how much you or your audience is familiar with the phenomenon that they're now researching and documenting, but social media, you know, we know is, I, I think we all know is bad for us. Mm-hmm. Why exactly is because it's stimulating dopamine surges 400%. So there's a researcher, Sam Smith, who termed it the magic of baby. So, and, and I guess that's for emails too. It's for notifications in general in the world that we live in. And this magic of maybe this anticipation stimulates our dopamine at such high levels that we're not able to. So, okay. So let me back up. So dopamine is the feel good chemical. It's the rush. It's that, that rush that feels addictive. It's also responsible for memory, impulse control and focus. So when we're surging our dopamine constantly, we're not like expanding or training our impulse muscle. So how do we get people to push past the resistance of like, oh, I just don't want to do that or I don't feel brave enough or I can't? I say rework your relationship with dopamine. Mm. That's interesting because I, I want to ask you about the importance of dopamine because I, I, I know that you spoke on it. And when you talk about the fact that it also affects that focus um, as well, I kind of want to get into that later. Um, you know, just as far as how 
how you can train yourself. Well, actually, we can do it now. How do you train yeah, yourself? Yeah, I was going to say, let's do it. I'm yeah, talking let's just jump on let's in. Go. Let's jump on in. <laughs> how do you train yourself to um to get that focus? Because because I know I know that if 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 you're getting those notifications and you and if, if anyone's anything like me, oh, there's a notification, and you stop exactly what you're doing mm. to to, yeah. to to check on that. So I know I know you got some ways in order to help help us out on that. How do you, how do you stop yourself from always checking the notifications? And so you things? just said something so important right there. You stop whatever you're doing. So what we're doing as a society is we're training our brains. It's very, very powerful programming. The instant gratification plus the dopamine surging in our brains like this. We are creating a powerful script in our brains that prioritizes the immediate over that, which is important. And that's a very dangerous place to be. So, you know, you you almost answered your own question right there. A very great way to do it is when you get those notifications, set a timer if you have to. Timer, five minutes. Mm, sit on your hands. Mm, don't check it. Don't check it. Now at this point, I don't even have notifications turned on for hardly anything. All my socials have been off for about two years. Um, nothing comes up on my banner. Banner, you know, I'll have them on my lock screen. Really, notifications really made me very stressed and chaotic and urgent and crazy. And just recently, I've turned my Outlook notifications for my email for my my day job. I'm a <laughs> I work as a, on top of everything that we're doing, I'm a creative director uh, and senior copywriter at advertising agency. So it is very hectic, very demanding, very chaotic. And I was finding myself back in kind of all of the struggles that I had before I discovered this, right? And it was really hard for me until I got out of it to see like, what was that teaching me? I felt, why am I back here? Like I've learned so much, I can't get out of it. What am I doing? And I realized I was letting these notifications pull me in all different directions. So, you know, that that's a huge and simple one. Another um, is called the Pomodoro method. Have you ever heard of that for focus? So you do one task for 25 minutes and then take a break and you're not switching to things back and forth all the time. I also wonder if anybody listening or yourself is anything like me. So it's not only the notifications that can train us to value the immediate do you ever have a thought and you're like, oh, like no matter what you're doing and you're like, oh, I have to go write that down. Yes. Like literally all the time. Yes, All the time. <laughs> and do you go write it down? I'm about 50 50. <laughs> but usually okay. if I but usually if I don't write it down, I forget it. And yeah. whatever great idea that, that, it, that it was, it, it may be six months where I, I realized I did think about this before and, you know, then maybe possibly act on it. What about when you do write it down? Do you ever go back and review those? Krista, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I, I want to be transparent with you right now, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel mm-hmm. like this is a safe space. Yeah. I have a shit ton of notes around here from little mm-hmm. notes that I have written down that I that I refuse to throw away. Yeah. <laughs> because I, um, because you I, should I, see my wall right here. <laughs> because, I, because I need it because I know it's a great idea. Have I gone to revisit it? okay it's not just me (laughs) i literally had different color post-its all right there that have been i don't even want to talk about how many months this has been on my wall right i'm like always trying to find different methods and look i don't have the project management you know workflow thing figured out i can't promise you that but you're you just admitted to doing the same thing that you know i did i finally realized that oh my gosh i have pages and pages i've got google docs i've got and i'm a writer right and i'm been working on my book and I've been having all of these big ideas on top of everything that I do for work. So like 
the brain dump across Evernote, Google Docs, iNote, everything is intense, right? Microsoft I have so list, yeah. many words mm-hmm. and I was never coming back to it. So a couple years ago around the discovery of the cognitive engineering phase, I kind of made a pact with myself. And even though, yes, I have these things up here, but for like the big ideas, the good ideas, right? A lot of that's just, you know, to-do list right. kinds of things. But for the big ideas, I made a pact with myself to remember them, to train my memory muscle. So, you know, there's a couple different ways of doing that. But what would happen is I would try and attach it to something. So habit stacking is, you know, really effective. So you can say, whether it's when I close my laptop, I'm going to do 15 push-ups or whatever. When I close my laptop, then I will move to my phone and write that note down or whatever it is. You take a very specific action that you already know you're going to do and you habit stack the new thing. So maybe it's, you know, working out or I've taken that idea and made it with remembering things so that I'm working on my memory, which is dopamine training, which is impulse control, memory improvement, which, you know, I think all of us, you know, it's, my parents are uh, a bit older and they're always talking about how much they forget. And I'm like, you guys sound just like everybody our age, like right. uh, us as a generation or, right. you know, that little goldfish attention span kind of thing. Yeah. It's real. So there, there are things to do. And then if the idea is good enough for me to remember and something I should take action on, then I'll remember it. And I've like established that self-trust. And if I forget it, I tell myself it'll come back when it's important. So I'm not drowning in a sea of all of these things, which leads to overwhelm. And I'm, you know, training my impulse and memory at the same time. I like that. I like that. And I am scared of that. <laughs> like, like, okay. the, to be honest with you, and, and that's the second thing that you just scared me on in like last two or three minutes. So first of all, I want to go back to, to the notifications. The fact that you have them all, I cannot even imagine having all my notifications. Oh, like what, just, the piece? The peace you must feel because I, then you're making the conscious choice to check it. I you're mean, putting boundaries up. Yeah, I, I don't, you're protecting your brain. I don't do so well with the boundaries. I'm, I'm working on it. That's, that's why I'm in therapy. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you know, this is just stuff that I've gone through, and everything that I do and share is because I have struggled through it myself, right? Like I have struggled through every one of these things, and I think that it it, it applies to all of us. These are problems of the modern age, not anybody specifically. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. And so I would, I would love to get to that space where I'm, I am not checking stats or notifications or emails or just worried about that stuff. So that was one thing. I'm like, wow, how did she do that? But just to have that, oh, well, this idea is, you know, if if it comes to me, it comes to me. It's not, it's meant, it's not meant to be at this present moment. I think it's such a powerful way of looking at things because I don't think, I think part of, and it, and it ties back into the whole confidence thing. I don't think that we feel confident enough that things are going to work out for us like that. And so I think, I think part of, part of the, there's a battle between desperation and confidence. And, and, and if you want something so bad, like oh, I'm almost desperate for that to happen. So I'm, Every every notification I gotta check. Every every hour I gotta check the stats for podcast episodes or Instagram posts. Oh, now I got, I have to I have to do all these items on my to do list. If I do all of these things, I'm gonna be successful. Which is creating a, an environment where where uh, perfection 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 mm-hmm. is, ism 
you know what I'm trying to say. Um, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's just attacking you and you're, and you're being overwhelmed as you, as you talked about before. And so you having the confidence where, where you like, you know what, I'm going to, when I, when I get to the notifications, I'm going to get to it. I'm, I am not, I am, you condition yourself with dopamine. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of it. I'll take care of it. And when this idea pops up in my head and I'm able to do it because most of my great ideas come in the shower or when I'm driving. And that's one of the, okay. The- okay. So yeah, let's, let's play the game with it. So okay. I think I don't mean to say that I'm never writing them down. Right. Okay. So if it pops up in the shower or while you're driving, what's your typical, are you like reaching over your phone and like swiping it? And while you're driving or how long do you hold it in your head? What's what's that process like? If I'm in the shower, I am literally mumbling it to myself until I until I can get to a, a place okay. where I can write it down, which it goes to the write it down graveyard. And <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm in the car, it's usually the same thing, or maybe I might grab my phone and do a voice note, which again voice notes talk like, about voice note graveyard i oh have that God. for sure i've never revisited <laughs> one of those just taking up all this space on my phone i had to delete i ran out of i didn't even know this was a problem possible anymore but my phone ran out of space but like my cloud had plenty so it took me a while to figure that out and i was like oh no i might need these never have looked at them once and i was like i can't delete them so i love your term graveyard for that it's definitely true but i invite you Okay, so you you mumble it to yourself. You do whatever you need to do. You're still you're still putting that time delay, and I think that that's the important piece. But maybe when you do go to write it down, and maybe this is part of what changed, is that I'm not writing like one off ideas anymore. And maybe this is just an evolution of where I've I've gotten to. But I have a ton of different folders and files and and so many words still, but they have a place. Right. So if it's just like this one off idea, is there is there something that you already have existing that you can place it with? Or is it just this, you know, ideas everywhere and that's well, how it needs to be? Most, most times, you know, to your point, most times it's something that that already exists or something I've already been thinking about. And it's like a more of a, a eureka moment. I'm like, oh, this will go great with this and this will expand this whole thing. So. Yeah, it's most times it's something that's, that's an add-on. Um, very rarely do I have the the idea where I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to try this. This is brand new information because because then because then with the big ideas, when I do think like that, I tend to spend a lot more time on it, and, I, and I'm and I'm less nervous about me losing the idea because now I'm I'm trying to figure out how it would work and everything, so I spend more time on it. So. I guess I guess that's to your point. I committed to memory because it's a big it's a bigger idea. It's a bigger deal. And so when I'm doing it, I'm like playing around with how it how it might go. Um, I may reach out to two or three uh, friends and say, hey, what do you think about this? And so now it's in my in my brain. And there's been times where someone would like, what? Have you wrote that down yet? I don't need to. I know is I know this idea. Like I might write it out just to kind of see what it looks like which is going against completely everything that I, I kind of talked about last week with, with building habits and making sure that you write stuff out. But, <laughs> but to your point, the, the big stuff um, you, you're going to remember, I guess just don't overwhelm yourself writing down all the little medial tasks. Overwhelm. Yeah. And I was going to say, what I hear you saying is that you, with the things that are important, you are prioritizing what's important, right? Mm-hmm. You have the big idea 
you are focusing on that as long as you can. And I think the important distinction, and I'm glad that we're talking about this more, I'm not saying that like don't act on your big ideas, but I do think that the creative brain has, I, I call them balloon thoughts. It's all of these thoughts that are squealing around like balloons that are being left without air. And they're just flying all around and they don't make sense. And it's just like great ideas. Yes, a brain dump can be very helpful for that. But I do think that there's this sense of overwhelm built in that we have to act on every one of our ideas. You know, we definitely information overload, you know, and so that's another way um, when we were talking about dopamine, just and I I've been in this space for about the last two or three years myself, and I'm really just coming out of it and, you know, appearing on podcasts again. I was in like a no content, no information diet because I needed to have that, you know, underground kind of dark winter. I'm a seed that I've planted and I need to let it blossom and be creative and really understand things. And I think that we can get to be so information overloaded, whether it's while we're trying to create and we have to turn off the noise or even with our own creative thoughts that that overwhelm, like you said, it's about putting up boundaries. It's about training our brain like we would in the gym and, and really like, as a society, we've gotten lazy and we just have to be extra disciplined now in order to counteract that. And so when you said, you know, what else you can do? So, yeah, we're talking about dopamine. We're talking about all these things that people are probably going to have a lot of resistance to. Hopefully it sticks in your head. And when you get ready to make the change, be like, oh, man, yeah, Christy had this crazy idea on occasions. Maybe I'll try that out, you know. But until then, I also have this idea of daily discipline. So whatever it would be that you need to do to cultivate a practice of small disciplines so that discomfort isn't such a foreign idea. You're having discomfort in little little bitty bites every single day, and that builds courage over time. So it makes the big thing easier to do. And the example I always like to use, because for myself, man, it just sucks. There's nothing I hate more than finishing a perfectly scalding hot shower, as I like to take, with ice cold water. And I do it for several reasons. It's great for hormones. It's amazing for the skin. Helps me sleep better at night because my skin's not super hot. But man, I do not like it a bit. But when I know if I'm going after something big or if I need to like be pushing myself to get out there, I enact it again. And I start a two minute cold shower at the end. And it just makes those, you know, there's a lot of scientific with the ice bath and the cold water therapy. So there's all of that. But like for me, the main reason is because it sucks and it's good for me, so I'm gonna do it. That's exactly why I've been trying it. But ooh, Christy, it, it is it is rough. <laughs> it is rough. I have to, and I guess I got to start back. Oh, you you make me remember that I got to start this back. So I I think I I think I fell off about three weeks ago, and so I was doing it for like I was doing it for a little while, and, and I had to gradually turn the water down. I couldn't go no, all the way cold. Like I'm like, all right, nope. let me. Let me go slightly cool, you know, and it's it's horrible, especially in the morning time. I've been practicing it for years and I'm still same as you, right? Like, okay, so I have a, I'm so extra. I have a space heater that I put in the in the bathroom to warm it up for me first, right? Because I know that that's coming and I need to like, I need to pride myself. Um, but yeah, it's, I think the thing that keeps me going to one, yes, I know that it's, it's the discipline. Um, but there's a lot of other ways to do that. You know, the cold shower for me is, I don't know if you would notice this or appreciate it so much. Notice how soft your skin is afterward. It is so skin softening. And I'm like, man, I feel different. I feel smoother. I don't, you know, get as hot in the Georgia summers when I'm doing it. So 
you know, find, and maybe that's a metaphor for, you know, something bigger, find a different reason to do it and, and try and focus on that. You, you give me so much homework today. Oh my God. All right. Oh, <laughs> this needs to be incremental. This is all over time. You do not need to dive in and do all of it right now, well, you know, but well, there's a lot of take, take what resonates. Right. But but of course you 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 feel the need to do it, and I, I think that brings me back to that that overwhelm part. So when we talk about information overload and everything, so does do you think that stuff affects confidence? Because just like this, you you give me all this, these great tips, and I'm like, okay, I need to I need to cut off notifications. I need to do I need to do this. All right, I need to, I need to take cold showers. So now your mind's just going and everything. So now you I I use this term like all the time. You feel paralysis by analysis because so now you try to just figure out how everything goes so now you're afraid to make any step forward so a lot of time and, and i talked about this last week i've been doing my podcast for almost three years but for two years prior to that maybe even three years prior to that i kept telling everybody that i was going to do a podcast and i kept putting notifications you know out there on i got facebook memories that reminds me of podcasts coming soon i'm just like mm-hmm. Still did it yet, and so the the but the more I got into looking up podcast stuff, hadn't bought a mic, hadn't did anything, had, hadn't figured out how to set up everything, but I'm doing the research and I'm, and I'm learning, and I'm writing all this stuff down, and I, and it was, it just hit me like a big wall, I was overwhelmed, and like I don't even know what to do first. Now I'm scared. I don't know who to reach out to. I don't know. I I, I know I want to do a podcast. So how does that does that affect the confidence? Yeah. And like on top of that comparison, right? You see what everybody else is doing, their highlight reel. You're like, I suck so bad. Why even start? You know? So I think that of all the tips, this one is probably going to be the hardest because circle back to what we talked about at the beginning, dopamine is very addictive. So the notifications, the being on socials, the seeing what everybody else is doing. Like I went, you know, I built my, all my Instagram stuff is very old right now. Like I'm just coming back out of into the world because I needed to like go inward and see, you know, okay, which way to go now. And it took so much longer than I wanted. So, you know, you're saying that Facebook memories are showing you, you did it, you started it. So don't shame yourself for the pace that it took. But when it is, you know, scary, I think move into your body. Those are some great tips to take that, take that leap. There's some breathing techniques. There's you know, one of the most watched TED Talks on the, all, of all time is on body posture and like power poses. Like that stuff is real. You know, if you're and here's just peppering a, a little tip. But if you do get nervous before, um, <laughs> gosh, I'm just thinking now that you've seen, yeah, my old videos that I'm pushing myself to put out there that like, you know, up until recently, nobody's been, been looking at. Um, this was a tip that I didn't even know back then, but put like, Sit up, we can do it right now. Like you sit up straight and like align your posture, which is a huge thing. We are physiologically and energetically energy channels. So we want energy to be moving. Yoga is great. Bar workouts are great. Whatever you need to do to really, you know, get your posture, um, most especially like around your spine to be able to sit up straight and to move. Then put your both feet on the floor, feel into all four corners of your feet. Really like give yourself a nice stable base. And for females especially, we, we've kind of been trained to like stick our butts out and like this cute little cheerleader butt. Tuck that under. Tuck that under. Put it in alignment. I won't stick 
come into your body and start to notice things that you feel. I feel my arms on my armrests. I feel the carpet underneath my feet. I feel the rug. I feel my dress. I feel my AirPods and run through as long as you can the things that you feel. And that's a really great technique to get into your body. And like, I don't know if it if it looks a little different or if you want to practice that or, you know, now or tell me another time. But typically when you do that and you open your eyes, you kind of get that bright, colorful feeling again. It's not necessarily just, you know, my story with serotonin was exaggerated. It was, you know, huge life changing, but just getting into your body like that and connecting back to your gut instinct, which hopefully, you know, rebuild your gut. It needs, it's a lot of work. It is like the society is stacked against us right now, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible. And that's why, you know, I don't like damn time. Damn time. (laughs) (laughs) It is about damn time. And and no, you're, you're right. Centering yourself has always helped me when I remember to do it because I'd be so overwhelmed. But when, when I center myself, even even sometimes um, I'd be guilty of just going outside and walking and putting my feet in some grass just just to yeah. just to feel the grass and feel the sunlight on me just just to kind of get myself five or ten minutes out there just hot to, to get away. Hell, that happened Absolutely. today. T- today. Yeah, I, that's I so grounding. That. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. so good for you. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't want to hold you too much longer, but th- it is time for my favorite segment of the show is about damn time mm-hmm. where we encourage our listeners to to do something, you know, to help build a better me for themselves. So, Christy, what is about damn time for people to start doing to really start cultivating their confidence? Create courage within. Be bold. Believe in yourself. Get into your body. Put up boundaries. Take those notifications away, you know? That was a big, you said that that scared you. I think that that's, that's a good sign. And, you know, look inward and see what what scares you, what you have that resistance to. But what on the other side excites you? Like, is what I'm saying, like more peace, less overwhelm, more creative, you know, intention? Are those things a nice trade off for the scariness of leaving these notifications that like do really bad things to your brain? Like if that ratio is there, what in your life, you know, and I'm asking all of the listeners right now, what in your life? you know, can can be switched a little bit, can be intentional and and have a little bit more discipline because it's for the greater good. And, you know, our society is not set up for us to thrive. We have to take that in power into our own hands. About damn time we do. It is about damn time we do. I love that answer because anytime someone is is nervous or, or scared, look at the other side of it, like what's what's the benefit of it? And and will that if, if that benefit is worthwhile you, you got to try for it. So I, I love that. I love that philosophy. That that makes a lot of sense. It just, it just puts Encourage opens doors, you know? So like, you're going to see, you're going to see the other side of it and say like, well, that's cool. But there's also like, that's like 10% of it. Like you're going to be so opened up when you do things that you have resistance to, or you don't feel brave enough to do. Like that's, that's the resistance. You know, a while back, I heard the quote that when you're climbing like the ladder of success, so to speak, that, you know, we wrongly think that there shouldn't be obstacles, even though we all know that there are. And this nice little perspective shift of imagine on the ladder, the obstacles are the rungs. And without the obstacles, you can't climb your way up. And so courage, those things that scare you, face those. Those lift you up and lift you up and lift you up. It's not easy, but it is worth it. 
it is worth it. So, Christy, let everybody know where you where you're located and it, all on social media when you do check your notifications. And, uh, <laughs> I check them. I check them. I just don't let them. They don't run me. They don't run they don't you. Run you me. run them. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. One hundred percent. I'm still getting all my messages. You're like still- nothing's lost. We're here. You you got all the messages from me. So yeah yeah didn't, didn't miss a beat. So tell everybody where they can find you at. Well, Instagram's a great place just to connect. Or if you want to send me funny stuff, I love watching the stand-up reels on that. My handle is at as Christy sees it. LinkedIn is a great place as well. I've had a lot of opportunities come there. I think it's an underused platform. Um, and we can share, you know, it's Christy Renee Steely. Steely spelled S-T-E-H-L-E. So it might be easier to share some links or list them in the show notes if you do that. Gotcha. Gotcha cover. I gotcha cover. Christy, and you can you so visit my website, christyrenee.com. That's probably the best place to reach me. Absolutely. 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 And, and you know, I, I'm glad that you're getting back out there. So I hope this. To me see too. You me too. And it, 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 uh, I know I missed the, the branding series, but I, you know, when you do some more stuff, I'm going to be ready. Yeah. Ready. There's a lot. There's a lot cooking right now that I'm in the darkness. You know, there's lots of big things coming and I'm excited. So we'll stay in touch for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of this about damn time. This was great. Thank you for joining me this week on this about damn time. Hey, if you like what you heard, follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and IG, and join the conversation on this week's episode. Link to all my socials in the show notes. You can also show love by simply giving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, for more blogs, pods, and other digital content, go to thewholedamnshow.com. Until next time, I'll see you next week.